and thank you for listening to the 6570 Family Project Podcast. This is a passion project I have to bring you insight and tactical advice that you can take and run with today from myself and a very talented and genuine group of guests brought together to help you take your family experience from good to great and build that foundation of confidence and respect and wisdom that every parent wants to see their child master before they ever leave home. What I really love, though, is connecting with you and giving you a space to connect with each other, which is exactly why the Family Architects Club exists. This private parents club is designed for every parent going through the 6570, those 6,570 days of the parenthood childhood dynamic, which is where your most influential and most impactful window exists as a parent. And this community supports, it guides, it laughs, it builds together to help you in the greatest project that you will ever have as a parent. That being the 6570 Family Project. So I invite you to come on into this club, get to know people and see what is waiting for you, including a free members only gift that you will love and use over and over and over again as a parent. So I can't wait to see you there. And you can just go to NellieHarden.com slash community. Again, that's NellieHarden.com slash community to get connected and get your free members only gift. So I will see you there. Hello, and welcome to the 6570 Family Project Podcast. If you are a parent of a tween, teen, or somewhere on the way, this is exactly the place for you. This is the playground for parents who want to raise their kids with intention, strength, and joy come and hear all the discussions, get all the tactics and have lots of laughs along the way. We will dive into the real challenges in raising kids today, how to show up as parents and teach your kids how to show up as members of the family and individuals of the world. My name is Nellie Harden, big city girl turned small town, sip an iced tea on the front porch mama who loves igniting transformation in the hearts and minds of families by helping them build self-led discipline and leadership that elevates the family experience and sets the kids up with a rock solid foundation they can launch their life on all before they ever leave home. This is the 6570 Family Project. Let's go. Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of the 6570 Family Project Podcast, where we are putting aside the power struggles and finding the path to lead our young women toward the confidence, respect, and wisdom that they need to prepare themselves for the world out there. You guys, we are getting so close to our 50th episode. I'm very, very excited about this. Um, This is episode 42. I can't believe that we have made it this far and had so many amazing talks, covered so many great topics, and had so many amazing guests. And we still have so much further to go in season one. So today I want to talk to you about touch, the power of touch. And you're like, why, why is this even a topic? Oh, it is so in depth. You guys, I can't wait to dive into this with you. I mean, think about it, the history of touch. I mean, a handshake even right. Greeting somebody, um, all the different kinds of handshakes that there are, uh, different cultures, different communities, a handshake, a hug, right? 
that first time that you see or feel your child, you embrace them when they are wee little, right? It's not that they are born or they are given to you in adoption and you just let them sit over there, right? You embrace them. It is that physical touch. It is so important. There is that um, kangaroo care, even for NICU babies, right? That shows what touch does. And we'll get into some of those physiological effects in just a few minutes. But babies crave touch. Um, Whenever we are having uh, some time in our home where there's some turbulence or something needs to be addressed, or there's some heavy subjects happening in the world or family, you know, we get into a circle and we are sharing. We, we share with each other. We might hold hands. We might just uh, be close to one another, but there's that touch piece that is in there. Uh, in uh, religion and in and faith, I've been a part of so many prayers where people are laying, it's called the laying of hands, right? You are laying hands on people. There's someone in the middle and you are laying uh, a group of people around them are laying or just one person laying hands on them to have that energy. I actually tried out a new church um, just a couple of weeks ago and uh we went in and it was uh we were out of town so we were just visiting a new church while we were out of town and the woman at the new guest booth or whatever asked if we had any prayers and i i had um lost my voice and still a little croaky from that but that's okay i had lost my voice and so she immediately she put one hand on my back one hand on my upper chest and just started praying over me it was that touch and it just, it meant so much and you got to get through the uncomfortable barrier because, um, you know, a stranger coming up to you and, and getting in your personal space, but it was also such a beautiful, tender, um, and loving thing that she was doing and praying over me for my voice. And so, um, and then you think about things like Reiki, right? Reiki is, if you've never heard about it, it is an energy healing technique that actually promotes relaxation, reduces stress and anxiety through yes, touch, uh, Reiki practitioners. They actually use their hands, um, to deliver energy into the body and improves flow and balance of energies and support and healing. So My point is in all these different arenas, all these different cultures, all these different ideas, uh, faiths and, and, uh, practices touch is so important. Um, I know that when I am having a, an in-depth conversation, usually a hard discussion with one of my girls, then we do knee to knee conversations. That is both of us on the floor on a bed, but usually on the floor, um, uh, a little bit more stable. Um, and we're crisscross applesauce, right? Our knees are folded and our knees are touching. It's a knee to knee conversation. So this can happen a lot of times if there is, some some issue, some friction that is between you and your daughter, you and your child. And you're like, okay, well, we just need to get close enough that we are knee to knee. I want you to see that I am looking at you and that I am looking in your eyes and that I am being 
completely um, truth and trust right now, right? And so knee to knee conversations. Um, sometimes after a little while, I'll just put my hands out and in like an upward, my, my palms upward and more of a surrender uh, motion and slowly but surely a hand, a, like it'll touch fingers and then a hand will go. And hopefully by the end of the conversation, we're also holding hands as well as knee to knee and looking um, at one another and we're healing through that process. So much of that healing comes through touch, eye contact. We already uh, talked about hand holding. I mean, think about couples when they're just starting out, right? You're holding hands. It is that touch. It's so important. Um, Cuddles with your kids and humans are just built for physical interaction. Now, that being said, I want to be very respectful and cognizant of those people out there that are not, you know, quote unquote, touchy people, right? Or maybe you have a child that just is not want, like to be touched, does not want to be touched. Now there is um, clinical, there is um, autism spectrum, right? Uh, that has uh, sensory um, issues and things. And that is, that is one category. And I'm, I'm not touching on that today. I'm just talking about the emotional side of, I don't like to be touched. I don't want to be touched. I don't like to be touched. Right. And those can, those lines between sensory um, issues and the emotional issues can certainly be blurred and something worth being curious about, but that is what we need to do. We need to be curious about that. If someone says, "Mm, I'm not a touchy, touchy person. I don't really like that. At, you know, just be curious of why, if that is you be curious of why, why am I not that way? Uh, just speaking in here, it reminded me of, um, Oh, the engagement or the proposal, right? Such a funny movie. Love it. Sandra Bullock, Ryan Reynolds, the proposal. And she, in the beginning, she's like, not a touchy person. Don't touch me. I don't like it. I'm not a touchy person. By the end, she, of course, is a touchy person. And yes, this is Hollywood, but this is my point. She had a lot of that character had a lot of built up tension, anxiety, emotional walls, etc. So be curious about that. Right. Um, and also, if you can be touchy with one person, but not another, uh, maybe with one child more than another, or maybe you can hug one friend, but you can't hug another, you know, type of thing. That's another thing to be curious about. And it is most likely, most likely due to trauma or drama or both in your childhood. And if we're talking about our children, it is obviously within their childhood. If we're talking about um, parents, then it is in our childhood usually as well. Um, Not always, but many, many times. And this is a place to work through. I have been there. I have completely been there with trauma and drama in my past. And it made me extremely sensitive to touch. I mean, any kind of touch from any other adult, not my kids necessarily, but any other adult, I was extremely sensitive to tapping on my shoulder, an arm, like a hand on my elbow, just anything. I was extremely like my anxiety, my heart rate went sky high as soon as somebody touched me. So 
know that I'm coming out of a place of understanding and commiseration here when I'm talking about this. And I get it. I get you. But I also know the road to recovery and healing through touch is very, very important. And no one wants to lead that lonely life of always being on edge, always having that anxiety, and also being alone and not being able to have all the benefits of that touch as well. It's one of the most important areas to heal. And remember, humans are communal species. We are not meant to be alone. Our brains are literally wired to crave interaction, even if there's this thick blanket of trauma on top of it. We need to work through that in order to get to our root needs and wants. So when you walk into, you know, your child comes home and uh, they're all wound up and they don't want to be touched. And I encourage you to just start somewhere. So it's, you know, sit at the end of their bed or sit on the end of the couch and just touch their foot right? And it sounds weird. It might sound gross, you know, whatever, but it is that inkling of a touch, right? Just touch. Maybe you're not even that far. Just get close so that they can feel your presence, work toward that touch, right? Somewhere, just touch, you know, somewhere, a hand, a foot, um, just their back, their shoulder, somewhere where it's okay for them, and ask if it's okay for them, especially if they have touch issues, right? And then move forward with respect and intention and caution with that. But starting the healing process with touch as a, as a person and knowing that uh, I, this is something I need to work on. And also as a parent, knowing that this is something you want your child to be able to work on because you don't want your child going through life and, and just telling everybody, don't touch me, don't touch me. That's an anxiety field that is not good for anyone, certainly not for them and certainly not for the people that are around them either. And you want them to experience life to the fullest at their best selves. And that's going to include people touching them sometimes a hug, a handshake, a, you know, pat on the back and even more in relationships down the line. So psychologically, I wanted to, I'm sorry, physiologically, I wanted to get into this a little bit too about what touch does. So it activates the body's vagus nerve. So you guys know, um, if you've been listening to me for, um, all these 42 episodes or even a handful of them, I am a psychology and biology nerd. So I love it at all. Okay. So touch activates the body's vagus nerve, which is intimately connected with our compassionate response. All right. I want to read that again uh, and, or say that again, because it's so important. Touch activates the body's vagus nerve, which is intimately connected with our compassionate response. Okay. So the vagus nerve, it's a pair of nerves that actually goes from the brain to the belly. It goes along the heart as well. So it passes all these vital systems in your body that are intricately laced with nerves. And research has shown that it takes eight to 10 meaningful touches a day to maintain physical and emotional health. So is your child getting that eight to 10 meaningful touches a day? And studies show that touch signals 
uh, or touch signals um, safety and trust and it soothes, right? It goes right back to our, uh, our ancestral, our very basic needs of being a child that being cared for, being uh, able to be in someone's trusted arms, okay? And then hugging, we're, you know, we've been accused of being the hardened huggers before. So especially my husband and my husband is a big, like a big hugger, like a big, big hugger. And so much so that I love hugging too. But sometimes if we go up to people and my husband envelops them in this big hug, I'm like, well, I can't suffocate them with my hug. So I'm just going to let them off the hook this time. But um, yeah, so hugging uh, is another form. And it's, of course, it's non-sensual. It's between friends. It's between lots of people, colleagues, when you go to meet someone for the first time, sometimes depending on the circumstance, right? So hugging causes our brains to release oxytocin. Oxytocin is the bonding hormone, you guys. So hugging, which is a physical bond, creates oxytocin, which is a chemical bond to create an emotional bond. Okay. Physical bond, chemical bond, emotional bond. And this stimulates the release of other great feel-good hormones like dopamine and serotonin and reduces those stress hormones like cortisol and norepinephrine. So when we are hugging, when we hug our child, they're coming home, they're frazzled. They have the teen and tween, you know, crazy, um, uh, stormy brain going on. They don't know which way is up. If they can be hugged, it can bring down those stress hormones, bring up the good hormones, and they can start to see and settle the dust, dust storm that's inside of their head. But if they're not ready for that, we need to move in that direction again, just with some sort of touch, a little bit of uh, touch, you know, rubbing, rubbing a foot, rubbing a hand an uh, uh, something on, you know, their shoulder, whatever that is, but helping them understand that touch from you is safe touch from you is good and that they are in a safe and loving place. And then we can start to literally change their brain chemistry with that touch. Lastly, I told you guys, I was a, I was a biology psychology nerd. Some of you might know I am also a, um, uh, quantum, <laughs> quantum physics nerd. I just love science. I love all the sciences. I, I can sit and talk science all day. Uh, we had people over to the house last night and we went from talking, uh, quantum physics to relativity and cosmos and emotional, uh, physiological health to talking about, you know, flowers and biology and everything. So I can talk all day when it comes to sciences. Love it. Love it. Love it. It is the root cause and the manifestation of it. That's what, um, that's what it is. So anyway, um, talking at the atomic level. Okay. I'll only spend a minute here. Don't, don't get uncomfortable talking at the atomic level. There is atomic evidence of what happens. The energy shifts, the electrons zooming across, um, all of these protons and neutrons in our atoms and how they are literally sharing and, uh, energies and bouncing around, right? being in a space. There is a great book. I think I've brought it up before called the mango shaped space. And it's about synesthesia and, uh, the different, um, 
uh, ways that that manifests in people's bodies. And it's just really fun to say synesthesia. Right. And, but this, this, uh, young girl, she didn't know what was going on. She was a, um, a teenage young girl. And she, when someone clapped, she would see a color when someone, um, was somewhere and they got up to leave, they would leave like a color imprint where they were. And this is, this is real, like Google it. This, this happens to people. And it's all about these energy traces. And some people are more sensitive to it than others, but, um, in mango shape space, uh, I, you know what, I'm not going to give away the book because I hope that you go read it. Um, and it's, it's not, uh, it's a book for, um, teens and tweens, uh, young, uh, young women and, and young men. And so, um, I just read it. It's so good. Uh, it's very heartfelt. So, but when I was talking the other day about, uh, I was in an interview talking about being in shared spaces, um, with your kids and being able to traverse into their room, um, which sometimes can have this emotional, sometimes physical wall in front of it, um, going into their room and being your, your child, being able to see that their room is a safe place where love exists between parent and child and where they're accepted and loved. Um, and I said, love can leave a shadow of an imprint in a space. And it just, um, it, it kind of took us back and took us down a, um, a conversation when we were in that, <clears throat> when I was speaking there, but keep that in mind. Love can leave a shadow of an imprint in a space and the love that you share with your child through touch and through being with one another and those conversations, those need any conversations, right? It leaves an imprint there and it, it could be felt later on. So I hope today brought you a little closer. Maybe you'll go and, uh, look and look and feel about touch a little differently than you have before. But when it comes to the parent child bond, especially, and when it comes to raising our teens and tweens to understand the power of touch, it really is important to not close the door on this and just say, Oh, they don't like to be touched. And so we're just going to leave it the way it is. It's important to explore that. And if you do have a child that is uh, somewhere on, you know, that, beautiful spectrum of, um, autism or what have you, and they have, uh, sensory issues. Um, and I, I know one of my uh, children definitely has sensory issues that we dealt with a lot when she was younger. Um, dealing with that and working with any therapist or anything that you have, um, that is on board as third-party, uh, help in your, in your case, then I really encourage you to work on touch and, uh, just little by little intention, love, grace, forgiveness, patience, work on the touch. It is so worth it. Okay. You guys, um, I hope you learned a little something today, uh, got a little something out of today, and we're going to be back next week with another episode. Keep teaching, keep laughing, keep loving you guys. This is our 6570 parenthood childhood journey, and they need you. All right. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening today. And I hope you were able to take something from our discussion that you can use to build the foundation of self-led leadership in your own family. If you are a parent with children 17 or younger, and especially those around nine and up, I would love to extend an invitation to you to the best club in town. 
The Family Architects Club is a private club where intentional parents go that want to love, support, connect, or reconnect, and really truly help guide their kids and teach them how to self-lead in discipline and leadership. This is an online community and you are welcome to it. Parenting is a project and you are the architect of this one. You plan, you design and oversee the construction of the beginning of someone else's life. And that's what goes into these first 6,570 days and it will be the foundation for the rest of their lives. So come join the club. You can find your invitation on the front page of my website, nellieharden.com. That is N-E-L-L-I-E-H-A-R-D-E-N.com. Thank you again for being a part of this conversation today. And if something really resonated with you, or if you have a question, please don't hesitate to connect with me. You can find me on Instagram at Nellie Harden. And lastly, if you loved the information, please, please leave a five-star review and a comment so more and more families can be impacted by harnessing the strength of these ideas and tools in their own families. So thank you so much. Happy building, you guys, and I'll see you next week.